Hello, and welcome to Red Rock Relationships, a podcast about communication. Let's unpack the relationships that we encounter in our daily lives and learn about what makes them tick. And now your host for Red Rock Relationships, Dr. James B. Stein. All right, how we doing? It's another week, which means another edition of Triple R, and I am your host, James. Uh, it's great to be here in the studio. Yet again, big shouts out to Sean and the folks at Radio Dixie 91.3 for supporting us in this effort. We are moving right along in our uh in our journey to discuss the the most important issues of our relationships and today we've settled on a big one we're going to be talking about emotions and then of course as we progress we are eventually going to come to a point where we talk about the outcomes of those emotions and those are sort of for the next uh, couple of episodes coming up but i am thrilled to introduce my guest for this week's installment he's a good friend of mine and a colleague uh soon to be dr lance bennett Lance, how are we feeling today? Pretty good, pretty good, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to do it. And, you know, like I said last week, half the guests are just people who I met in grad school. And uh, <laughs> you're another one of those good folks. But it just so happens that you have a very special expertise in an area that happens to be very important to the issues that we talk about on this podcast. But, mm-hmm. you know, before we get to all that, I do want to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself to uh, to our listeners, explain who you are, where you come from, and where your area of expertise lies. So take it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lance Bennett, um, currently an adjunct professor of communication at St. Edwards University, <clears throat> and I'm completing a doctorate of education um, in higher ed leadership. And so uh, also at St. Edwards University in Austin, Texas. And so I'm originally from Philadelphia, Northeast in the building. Uh, yeah, and so uh, part of my expertise from uh, communication is with emotion and um, this idea of emotional contagion that we can uh, catch and spread our our emotions to other people. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and um, you know your work on that is what initially drew us together because uh, our listeners may not know this, but my particular area of expertise and interest is in the ways in which our social networks influence how we go through our relationships and um, the connection between that interest and your interest is going to be clear here in just a moment but uh one other quick little thing that i want to mention being that you're from the philly area uh you and i are really the only two people in my world right now who are familiar with the term john j-a-w-n which is of course a noun a verb an adjective it's um, everything. It's nice to it's nice to be able to. And one of these days on this show, we'll probably talk about slang and how uh, developing the sort of same slang as another person is is a very mm-hmm. intense way of bonding. But that that's going to be for another day. So we are talking about emotions, and specifically, we're going to be talking about emotional contagion, uh, which is a. F- phrase that some folks listening may not necessarily be familiar with but before we do that we need to do our due diligence and just talk about emotions emotions in general so uh, Lance I'm hoping you can talk a little bit about the power of emotions what makes our emotions so powerful and why we feel them in the first place yeah yeah you know I think you know first of all you know emotions are you know as James as you said they're very powerful things I think also you know, one thing that is not as is, is not talked about as much uh, is like, what is the definition of emotion? Like, mm-hmm. what is it? Like, you know, 
is everything an emotion? Is everything not? And I'm like, what is it? I mean, I think a lot of that depends on the school of thought that you come from. Uh, some of some, you know, research suggests that and argues that feelings that uh, that have a physiological response to them, which I as a per as another person can see, uh, then that is what constitutes as an emotion. Um, you know, sociologists would say it a little bit differently. Uh, they would say that emotions are socially constructed entities. Um, and so when we think about how powerful they are, emotions have the power, when we talk about in our relationships, have the power to bring people together, but also have the same power to make people go apart. In um, society, emotions have the power to start movements. And they also have the power to uh, incite division, right? And so I, I think that, you know, that's really what's so powerful about about emotion as a whole. Um, yeah, it, it's a really fascinating area of study that I came across. Um, yeah, and I'm excited to talk more about it. Yeah, I, I think you make a really good point when you talk about um, emotions on the individual level and then emotions on the societal level. And we're actually going to get into that in our next episode with also soon to be Dr. Rob Matheny. We're going to talk about intractable conflicts, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, the, the big thing that I want to focus on that you mentioned is the uh, physiological element of emotions. Uh, the past two episodes that we've been featuring on this show have adopted the bioevolutionary approach where we talk about the, the physical needs and the physical reactions that we have to emotions. As I look here at my little cheat sheet, there are a ton of biophysical indicators associated with emotion. I mean, we're talking about things that we've heard of, like we've heard of um, dopamine. Last week we talked about things like oxytocin, but then there's also things like adrenaline, neuroadrenaline. Uh, you have your endorphins, your serotonin, your cortisol. And then there's some words here that I really just can't even pronounce. Glutamate, axolic chloraline, uh, GABA, um, and a variety of others. And so what happens is when we experience an emotion, there is an evolutionary need that people have to experience that emotion. And there's a, a biological reaction that we're not necessarily in control of that happens when we experience an emotion. And then what happens is we need to express that emotion when we feel it. So first of all, how do we tend to express emotions? And what happens if we try to express an emotion uh, and it's either not received well, or maybe we don't know how to express it? How does that affect the way that we live our lives? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think the way, you know, the way we tend to express emotion, uh, you know, I think that question could be sort of thought about at a more cultural level. It could th be thought about, you know, different, you know, hemispheres and things like that. Uh, I think also when we talk about emotions, you know, let's just say we're talking about here in the United States, period, right? Mm -hmm. I think we are socialized to express emotion. Um, we're socialized to express, uh, I think, our negative emotions more so than our positive ones. Um, and I think part of that is based upon the notion that we, it's easier, it's, 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 it's harder to understand the reason why somebody's happy. Uh, and it's easier to understand why someone is expressing like anger, for example, mm -hmm. right? You know, and I, I think part of part of that deal is from the cognitive lens, uh, it takes more work to figure out, you know, why somebody is happy. 
you know, because as human beings, you we don't we don't necessarily have to have any justification for why we're happy. Um, as much as it, as much as everything is pleasant, everything is fine, but there are more consequential reasons for why we get angry, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I think when it comes to expressing emotions, we sort of have we have that sort of deal, at least in, in the United States. Um, yeah. In terms, in terms, of, right? Other countries and other uh, and other parts of the world have a different orientation to it. Um, you know, and I think in other places, in, in this, let's say Eastern cultures, for example, you know, the emotions associated with like things like uncertainty, they look a lot different and they're expressed a lot differently than how we do them in the United States. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, so yeah, there, there's different approaches to it. There's different ways, but, um, but yeah, we all do express emotion. I think that is clear. Uh, unless you are stoic, uh, you believe in that philosophy of not expressing emotion, that emotions don't bother you, they're not a thing, um, which is completely false. Uh, <laughs> um, they are a thing. Um, yeah, and so yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're very powerful. Uh, they definitely vary by culture. Now, we all experience the emotion, but like you were kind of alluding to, we express them differently depending on our own upbringing and our own culture. And um, I, I appreciate the the focus that you had on the negative there. We talked with Dr. Corey Floyd two weeks ago about uh, a little bit about toxic masculinity and one of the ways in which men can do things like express affection without feeling quote unquote feminized or threatened in any way. But um, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, um, you're right about the negative emotions. It's much easier to decipher those emotions and to explain those emotions. And like I tell my students regularly, uh, people are pretty selfish when it comes to their mental energy and we don't like to expend it and so when we encounter something that requires a lot of unpacking and critical thought we kind of stray away from it so uh so i think that that's a good point and when we don't express these emotions uh there's a variety of negative outcomes and then of course on the other hand if we're too expressive about our emotions we we can encounter some issues as well so I think you know where I'm going with this when I ask what happens if we are perhaps the type of person who isn't really in control of the way in which we express our emotions. What happens if we are too expressive with those emotional reactions? Yeah, I mean, I think it can. Um, I think the world we're living in today sort of uh, sort of exacerbates this point, right? Of like, when we're not in control of our emotions, I mean, I think about sort of again at the societal level how one individual can cause some to cause a division, mm-hmm. right? It can start can start something. You can probably guess who that individual, individual is. What I'm talking about, mm. but uh, how one individual who does not uh, have much of a filter in terms of how they express their emotions um, can cause can change can help change people's attitudes toward things and toward other people uh, and that can foster uh, riots it can foster uh, unrest in, in a country right and so when you think about that about how powerful it is uh, you know it, when we are not in in control of our emotions you know I, I think that I think you know assume outside of any medical conditions right 
that we can be in control of our emotions uh, and how we express them. Uh, I think a lot of it is dependent upon if we want to. Again, outside of any medical conditions, right? Right. Right. You know. Um, you know. So when when we think about that, you know, that's just what we, yeah, we 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 can control them, right? But I think I think sort of a point to move forward in is. You know, I think we have to start teaching the younger generation about, like, in grade school, mm-hmm. about emotions and how to express them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think at the individual level, what can happen again is like people, people's relationships can can die off because of it. Yeah. Um, they marriages will end because of it, uh, and, and you know, part of a lot of the reason why people get divorced is because of that communication aspect, which we all know, right? Right. Uh, that communication piece. Uh, and part of that is expressing emotions. You know, what does it look like when your partner gets mad or upset and angry? What does it look like? Like, what does it look like? Does it look like throwing things across the room? Well, that's not good, mm. right? Uh, does it look like stomping out, leaving the house and not working out the issue? That's also a problem, right? And so, yeah, that, that's just a fundamental question. What does it look like? Um yeah, you know, but I also think on the opposite end too, with like positive emotions and how we express them too. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some research that suggests that people do not like um, others who are always expressing their positive emotions, like who are always happy. That one dude all, who's know- too happy, just too. <laughs> it's raining outside and there's a deadline at three o'clock. Why are you smiling, Chuck? Right. Stop smiling. <laughs> and why is this person always so happy? Right. You know, and I, I think. Um, but the same is true on that end too. You know, it can uh, it can cause people to to not feel good about themselves too. Mm-hmm. No, I think you make a great point. Um, we do experience emotions, and we also, as people, have the desire to express them. But there comes a time where, um, if we're feeling badly, you know, that's a valid feeling most of the time. But we yeah. also need to control how we express it around other people because, as we're about to unpack here, um, your bad mood can bleed over to me and ruin my day. And then, you know, on the other hand, if you're feeling great and I'm feeling like crap and you have the power through your expression of emotions to lift me up, which of course begets a a conversation about emotional contagion. So um, if we move on to that, tell me what emotional contagion is and why it's important and maybe some of the risks and benefits that we encounter when we see it. Yeah. Yeah. So at a fundamental level, emotional contagion is the is the spreading and transferring and by that same point, catching emotions. Right. And the feelings of others in our social vicinity. Right. And essentially what that means is, you know, I'm talking to you, you know, you are, you know, feeling and expressing emotion, uh, you know, a particular emotion or a set of emotions. Um, And during our conversation, I start to feel that way too, right? Um, and again, going back to the emotion being so powerful piece, right? You know, what happens when people spread emotion is that, you know, they, they a lot of times what occurs is emotions that are the most intense are the ones that are able to be caught the most, right? So thinking about uh, anger. Anger is one of those intense emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, happiness as well. Um, but, or excitement, 
you could say that excitement is one of those. Um, and that that's an easy one, right? You know, you could imagine just going to a rave or whatever and, and all the excitement that occurs at a rave. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, and so I think that's, that's what's important. Uh, but again, in the relationships, though, right, in your relationships, it has the power to, you know, ruin, like you said, ruin your day. Um, you know, in, th- in thinking about the situation in which we're currently in with the COVID, uh, you know, people living at home together, folks who are not leaving the house to go to work necessarily, uh, who are in the house all day, every day with each other. Right, it's um, stuffy in there. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, so when we see it, I think it, you know, it has that ability to to spread and manifest itself. And I think so. Why is it important? Well, I think uh, again, it is important uh, at a societal level because it can create peace. It can also create division. Yeah. Um, and I, I think right now we're kind of seeing seeing a lot of that. Um, yeah. you know, and, you know, I think the sort of the good part though is, you know, people's, if you think about a lot of the events of the summertime, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the murdering and murdering of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and others. And the and, subsequent you know, protests that followed. Yeah. Yeah. And you think about a lot of that. I think what, what, what continues to, I think, I think we've seen a lot of people who, who were not, who, who, who were not outraged before become outraged now. Um, and I think that just has a way of spreading, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think there's another fundamental question when something is, how can bad emotion spread for a good cause? Right. I think that's sort of a, a question I don't think many people have answered yet. Um, and I, as I think of it, no one has answered yet. It's a tall order. That's a tough right. question. Yeah, there is a tough question, right? But yeah. I think there are plenty of examples in society that that that, uh, that helps us to address it. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that that goes to like the, the the complexity of emotion and how just unique it is as 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 a, as a thing, right? You know, it, it's it's not just that bad emotions are have bad outcomes. Mm-hmm. That, but what we would call bad or negative emotions have bad and having bad outcomes, they also can have good outcomes too, but vice versa as well. Right. Right. And so that, that that's the that's the complexity of it. I think that's what's so powerful about it too. Yeah, I think if we get uh, if we get cultural about it for a moment too, here in the states, um, when we're in a bad mood or we're, when we're experiencing negative emotions like anger or sadness, we often think of them in respect to ourselves. And we neglect the fact that when we carry a cloud like that around with us, everyone can see the cloud, right? And sometimes the cloud spreads and sometimes it rains on other people. And, you know, like, like you were saying, one of the big things that we need to do is be aware that it's happening um, with the negative And then, of course, also with the positive. Um, so it looks like we're having a mild Internet issue. But uh, j- just to just a compliment uh, out on that point. Um, regarding emotional uh, contagion, it's it's important to note that when folks are experiencing negative emotions, right, if you can catch them as they're going through it, uh, there might be a chance to either pull them out of it or if you have to, you know, pull yourself at it, uh, pull yourself out of it 
And, um, and in that moment, what you can do is you can prevent the spread. So I've actually got one of these little masks <laughs> sitting next to me, one of these uh, little masks. So when we think about COVID, and how can we prevent the spread of COVID, right? Well, you know, a lot of folks are saying that the, the right thing to do is to wear a mask. Um, when it comes to preventing emotional contagion, uh, we need to be able to harness our own, you know, metaphorical mask as well. And so the, the final thing that I want to talk about here as we desperately struggle to get Lance back on, the, the final thing, oh, we got him? We got him. <laughs> Don't worry, Lance. I know how to vamp. I took a bunch of improv classes in college, so oh, there we go. My so man, we're good, we're good to go. Well, we were talking. What what I wanted to get to um, in the last a couple of minutes that we have here is you know we know why emotional contagion is important, and the question mm -hmm. becomes like with you know with the mask and COVID, how can we prevent emotional contagion from occurring? Assuming right, if we if we think about it as being a negative experience, how do we prevent that from occurring? Yeah, so I, I think I think it happens a few ways, right? So let's take let's take the example of of the mask, right? Um, you know, there are people who don't who don't believe in wearing the mask, um, you know, which causes some type of disgust associated with the mask. Mm -hmm. um, I think part of the deal is, you know, is you know as individuals understanding who is in our circle and this goes back to a lot of your research about social networks mm -hmm. right um there are there are people who are more susceptible to emotional contagion than others in our social networks right it, it, so you could you could use it based upon relational factors such as you know direct family relatives or uh, your best friend compared to an enemy, of course, right? Mm -hmm. And so thinking about that, I think part of it is not just evaluating information, but evaluating who's giving information. Right. Um, and But also evaluating your role in receiving and interpreting that information. Uh, because so sure, my mother might tell me something um, and I, <clears throat> assuming you have a good relationship with your mother, you you would usually not question it twice, right? <laughs> right. Right. Ideally, right? Ideally. But, uh, but given the age in which we live in, I think we always have to sort of evaluate things two and three and four times. Mm -hmm. Not to put doubt on your mother's words, but from a perspective of benefiting not just ourselves, but other people in our, in the social vicinity. Right. Because when things continue to spread, whether we're talking about literal viruses or emotions, there are there's information that's stirred up with all of that. And I think uh, because of social media and Twitter and things like that, information has a way of spreading so fast nowadays that it way faster than it did back when you know we were growing up or when or when our parents were, were growing up. Right. It happens so fast now. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think you just have to evaluate, you know, who's giving information, but sort of, again, check two, three, four times to make sure that, you know, um, the information is correct. And but also, again, to evaluate the information, the emotions associated with that information. Right. 
I think that's a really good point, and I think you make a couple of good points, especially as it pertains to conflict with, for example, family members or loved ones or best friends or, you know, people who we definitely have conflict with, but at times struggle to manage. And that's where we're going to pick up next week uh, with our with our guests. We're going to talk a little bit about the most important conflicts that we encounter. And so ta in talking about that, you know, the role of emotion is going to come up. So I'm glad that we had the opportunity to kind of say, hey, here are some things that you can do to avoid that spread of emotion while still getting the information across. So we are pretty much out of time. I want to thank my guest, uh, Lance Bennett. Lance, uh, it's been a pleasure having you. Yes, sir. Thank you, man, for having me. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, thank you for all your work that you do with this stuff, man. This is important. Uh, I'd like to think so. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube. Smash that subscribe button, folks. You've been listening to Red Rock Relationships, a podcast about communication. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time. If you'd like to be on the show or have questions for us, please send us an email to redrockrelationships at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just search Red Rock Relationships. Thank you again. And remember, it all begins with good communication. This has been a production from a podcast studio.